You're listening to the Racing Virginia Podcast. Now, here are your hosts. And welcome to the Racing Virginia Podcast. I'm Dave C. And I'm Brandon Brown. Not, Not the NASCAR. <laughs> Not the NASCAR. Driver. Yeah. Oh, you know, I've seen you on on a couple other interviews, and uh, that it's be what we've done here has uh, become a standing spiel. Yeah. It's a. It, I, I have to preface it always. You're the are you the Xfinity Series driver? No, no but I know him. We've done yeah. Spider Man meme and stuff together. It's it's a thing. But here we go. Good dude. Uh, episode seventy seven. Seventy seven. Getting on up there, isn't it? It is. It is. And we, we're going to try. We had talked about it. I mean, we're going to yeah. try to tie in some kind of racing fact with the episode. 77, Justin Haley. Won last year at Daytona in the infamous lightning-shortened event for Spire Motorsports. Yeah, see? We got tie in. Yeah. We got all kinds of tie-ins. Only, Way only, to go, Chris. Only two uh, only two wins. Um, in a number 77. In a number 77 in the Cup Series. Joe Lee Johnson, 1959 at Nashville was the other one. And then Justin Haley. And then Justin Haley. So. Wow. Yeah, because it didn't seem like that's a – I mean, in short track racing, I don't think I've seen a lot of 77s. No. Um, is it is Connor? No, Connor drives uh, – No, he does a 77. 77. Connor Hall. Yeah. That's right. There we go. See, yeah, there you go. We're – we should have had Connor Hall on. <laughs> what go. the hell? Yeah, didn't he win this weekend? Uh, Somebody did. No, he didn't win. No, he didn't win. Okay. No, no. Uh, they had two new winners at Langley. Who was it? I can't remember. You're going to make me pull it up. Yeah. <laughs> You're faster in getting yeah. on the computer while. It, it, but we got a great show for everybody. We really do. Um, we're going to talk with a young gentleman who was in the was in the inaugural class. I don't know if you know that, but the inaugural class of Team Racing Virginia. You know we I need to know that. we need to get some team racing Virginia stickers yeah. made up and get some of the guys that are on, when they come on the show yeah we send them a set a set of stickers that's really yeah to put on their car let's find some budget let's get some sponsors gotta do something hey anybody out there want to sponsor the show <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm sure our bosses would hate to hear us <laughs> begging for sponsors on the on the podcast. I, that's okay. We're not begging, actually. No, no, no we're asking. Just, just asking. asking politely. Yeah. Um, but we've got a, a young gentleman who is... Young. Young. Well, he <laughs> is young, but he, he he represents what drivers should be like. He really does. I mean, this kid from the age of 10 has had the composure of a seasoned veteran and it just it has it has really amazed me. Yeah, to see this young guy's uh, rise uh, to where he is right now. Uh, in fact, this past weekend he won his first Cars Tour pole, finished third, his highest finish in the Cars Tour for him. And of course, he is Mini <laughs> Timmy Tyrell. I don't know anybody calls him Timmy. <laughs> Everybody call it. I mean that that name has stuck. Yep. In fact, all his social media and his uh, website are Minnie Terrell. Yeah. So, like, is his real name? Like, yeah. He doesn't even do it in quotation marks either. No, no. I, I did. <laughs> uh, we're going to, uh, again, we're going to have story time with Randy Hallman. And we are going to have the uh, promoter from Franklin County Speedway, first time ever on the show. And his company is called Moonshine Capital Promotions. Love that. And they, they know really. Where that came from. Well, Franklin County is the moonshine capital of the world. I was going to ask him that. Okay. Well, I knew it. 
<laughs> I'm from Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> they got a lot of bootleggers out there. Uh-huh. We got a great show. Really, I mean, the, uh, the thing about Franklin County is I, I'm so happy that someone has taken over that facility and has given it the amount of attention it needs. Okay. Uh, for, you know, it's out there way out in the boonies of Virginia. I mean, it's way out there on the western part of the state. And, and uh, what is it? Ca- uh, Callaway, Virginia. And of course, uh, we'll talk with Langley Austin about his website that he owns, race22.com, covers late model racing and does a very good job at it. But uh, we got a, that's a great show. Yeah. That's great. And we're all uh, a nice, look, nice mix. Yeah. And next week, we have a really good show already. Uh-huh. You know, uh, we, somebody may get moved again. <laughs> we're okay. e- we're okay. efforting somebody pretty heavy. Yeah. And it, it I'm not going to lie. It's been a little harder than I expected it to be. But, you know, ab- waiting is only going to make it more awesome. Yeah. Because the buildup. If we get him, it'll be a good score. Absolutely. So uh, for team racing, team racing Virginia. Uh, because he's we to say he's one of the founders would be an understatement right <laughs> so oh, yeah his family so we'll talk to hopefully him next week but if not we still have a couple of guys that we are having the hopper for next week we're gonna actually start you know we we've been sticking with that late model driver mm-hmm. uh next week i've got a a, a guy that races i think a grand stock at dominion but he also has a, a great tie into a um, uh, veteran suicide program, something that I really want to get that message out there mm-hmm. for everybody. And he's he's got a bunch of drivers coming on that want to run his scheme um, from tractor pull, mud bogging, dirt racing. And, of course, he's now doing some – he's a dirt race. He's a mud bogger by trade. That's how I, I mm-hmm. met him. Uh, but, uh, he's built a car to race at, um, Dominion. So we'll have him next week. Uh, so, I mean, we're trying to book a couple of weeks ahead. It's a little bit more difficult than you think. It always is. Cause, 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 cause the one thing is, and Brandon, you know it with racing, things change from week to week. Yeah. Sometimes something comes up and, and. You want to cover it, but you've already got a uh, schedule uh, booked. And that's what we got to be careful about. You know, we want to make sure that we're present uh, in, the, in the know and be able to talk about something each week. And, uh, but we're trying to keep the podcast within an hour. It's been a little difficult for me and you. Not yeah, gonna, we like to, we like to not talk. Gonna, not going to lie. It's been, it's been a little difficult. Uh, in fact... Why don't you know? We probably need to get this show on the road, don't yeah, we? Yeah, let's do it. It's it it's time. We're gonna head to the HoosierDriver.org hotline, and we're gonna talk to one of my favorite drivers. Not gonna lie, this as I said in the opening, this kid has impressed me ever since I've known him. Of course, he is from Manassas, Virginia. I forgot to. Uh, he is uh, a member of the first class of Team Racing. Virginia. He is Minnie Timmy Tyrell. What's up, Minnie? Hey, how are you doing? By the way, how, I, I got to ask right off the bat, how many people actually call you Timmy? Uh, most of the people from my school actually call me Timmy, but that's <laughs> pretty much 
everybody else is uh is mini so i think it's always stuck i mean at school i've always gone by timmy and uh you know now that i'm ever since i was just little everybody at the racetrack everybody here when i work is all mini mini so <laughs> it's uh i alternate but uh <laughs> it's fun now now do you uh you know if somebody like yells in the background timmy or mini do you answer to both most of the time, yeah, but if it's at the racetrack, I know it's most definitely probably my father. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. But most most people I know at the racetrack call you Minnie. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, if you, if, at the racetrack is I mean, calling it, me Minnie. Yeah, if you ever see an interview with him, mm -hmm. uh, Brandon, mm -hmm. they usually call me Minnie. I, 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 you know, I'll call you Timmy. How about that? <laughs> that's fine no and, and, I, and i'll call him mini for the rest of the interview and then we'll just confuse the living hell out of him. <laughs> uh man I, man i'm i have always been impressed with your ability to interact with the media i mean all the way back to the age of 10 i don't oh I, thank you how i mean how did that come about i mean how why did you, you become so accustomed to just being able to talk with anybody and, and do it at a level that is beyond your gears? Oh, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. It kind of, uh, it just come about, you know, I, I, I love to talk to people. I love talking to the media, uh, especially when it's about, you know, racing and doing things. So I think it just kind of, uh, it came about, I mean, I've never really taken a, a speech class or a talking class and um you know my mother and father they've raised me so well and and taught me everything and respect and what all that is and um just trying to li live my life and and treat everybody with respect and, and talk as best as i can well you you had a success early in fact by the way brandon he is the youngest person in the world to ever win two late model races at the age of 10 I saw that 10 that's that's something else and that's that's something i wanted to to ask you about um you know those races um at 10 years old a lot of the kids haven't even picked up say what sport they wanted to play yet and you're beating some of the best late model drivers how how did you do that uh, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, at first, at the age of nine and a half, I, I got into late model stock cars, and it all happened from uh, Sam Beatty. He's also he's a dear friend of ours, and I'm sure you, you've heard him. He's always at the racetrack. And I was over at Sam Beatty's house, and uh, I was I, there's a late model, which is the 81 car, which is the number I run today, was sitting in his, his garage. And I, I was nine years old at the time, and I said, well, when do I get to drive that? And he said, if you get a seat made, I'll put you in the car. So, um, my, you know, my mother and father were like, oh, you know, that's cute. Thinking it, you know, it's, but he actually drove me to Charlotte, North Carolina with him to Butler Shaft or Butler Seats. And we got a seat made and put it in the car at, uh, Piper Motorsports up in here. He's a fabricator because I was so tiny at the time. We had to shove it all the way up, um, and, and figure out how to modify it all. And uh, I went out and tested it on a Friday at Shenandoah Speedway and uh, kind of just took off from there. I was, you know, four tenths slower my first time out uh, than, than uh, the pole was last week. Um, so it, it kind of just took off. And then at the age of 10, we were able to redo that same car and uh, rebuild it and 
go out and uh, actually win two races that year and uh, and win a championship. You switched from the late models to the cars tour. I mean, well, it's not a switch in late models, but you, you switched to, to traveling on a tour last year. In fact, you won the rookie of the year for the cars tour. How difficult has it been that change from going from weekly racing to the cars tour? Oh, it's a, uh, it's a massive difference, especially because, you know, I've, I've traveled around to a few different places when I was, you know, obviously below the age of 14. And as soon as I turned 14 or I was 13 at the time, the cars, uh, held one race with a limited late model race. And they were, they allowed me to run at the age of 13. And that was, I believe the year 2018. And, uh, I ran at Tri-County. At, at the beginning of the year and uh that was a lot of fun i qualified bowl but uh, unfortunately i got wrecked out of that one but um uh then the next year came along i turned 14 um i we were like all right we're gonna go to the car store full time um and, it, and compared to you know the, the the saturday night weekly series around local racetracks it is the competition levels and obviously there's some phenomenal racers that race in the weekly series but um, I mean, just this touring series is, I mean, it's, it's the best late model stock car drivers you're ever going to get in the world right now. And um, Some of these guys are insanely talented, and the amount of skill that it takes to compete at this level is, is very high. You, I guess your results haven't been, I think, what you won. I mean, you got your, you've got your uh, highest finish this past weekend at Hickory with a third, and you won the pole. So, obviously, things are getting better. Oh yeah, absolutely. We we've just had a series of bad luck this year with, uh, you know, we haven't been able to finish a race, and it's all hasn't been our fault at all. It's just been mechanical failures, unfortunately. And uh, you know, it just it, it felt really good to go out there and qualify the pole. You know, all the hard work that uh, my crew chief Brandon puts into this thing, and uh, just the countless hours of work and study that he does this and to be able to go qualify the pole and the car ran solid. It just got a little loose there at the end. We slipped back to third, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. We're very happy to finish and we're going to move on to Dominion this weekend. The, what I know I've asked you this before, but what is it like having Brandon Butler as your crew chief? And not only that, your mentor. Oh, uh, Brandon is awesome. He, uh, he, he is phenomenal. Uh, like I've been with Brandon since I was 10 years old. Um, he's, He's walked me through, he's seen me grow up, and uh, he's walked me through the stages of racing, and, and he's been with me everywhere I've been in a late model stock car. And, uh, I mean, he's he's a great guy. He's an incredible teacher. And, uh, I mean, he, he's, he's your guy if you want to know something about a late model stock car. He knows his way around one of those. You were talking about, you know, starting, uh, starting your career at 10 uh, in late models. But I want to know uh, how this love for racing um, got started. Uh, what age were you when you decided that, hey, I want to jump in any type of thing with four wheels and go fast? And take us through, you know, how the, how that progressed into late models. Yeah, so at the age of uh, four, I was, I was, my dad was a racer. And I kind of grew up at the racetrack. And, uh, you know, he brought me everywhere as an infant. And uh, we were at Old Dominion Speedway at the time was only a mile from my house in Manassas, Virginia. And uh, it wasn't now in Thornburg where it is now, which I love the new Dominion Speedway. It's great. We're going there to race this weekend. And the Old Dominion Speedway I kind of grew up at as well. And my father always raced there every Saturday night. And 
Um, they had a little go-kart series, which was run by Michael Diaz, who owns Southern National now. His son is Mason Diaz. And, uh, you know, he's like, hey, you want to you wanna try a go-kart now? You know, dad races, you want to go race and have a good time? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And uh, so we, we did go-karts from, I think, the age of four all the way to uh, the age of nine or ten is when I stopped because I got into late models. And I, I raced several different race cars um, through, you know, all the way up from go-karts to late models. There's Mandalayer cars, arena cars. I did a little bit of USAC midget racing, um, you know, just all, all kinds of little things. And then uh, I finally got into a, a late model at the age of nine. And uh, just I've been a late model for five and a half years now. You talked about going back to Dominion this this uh, coming week. The Cars Tour is going to be there. What is it like being able to only have to drive probably most, what, 45 minutes to, to get to a race? Because un- unfortunately, the tar- Cars Tour, a lot of races in North Carolina. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we, we just got back from, or yesterday was a six-and-a-half-hour ride back from Hickory. So it was, it, it'll be nice to have a little, you know, nice and easy ride there and back. So it's uh it definitely will be nice because we, we have traveled quite some time and uh, Dominion will, will be nice because it's 45 minutes or, you know, not even like an hour. But um, and then next weekend we go to Carteret, which is seven to eight hour ride. So it's, it's uh, quite quite the road trips, but uh, it's definitely worth it. It, it. We are so blessed to have the types of tracks we have here in the state of Virginia, South Boston, uh, Langley. Dominion, when you know, talking about asphalt for for racing, grow up, you know, for for folks like that, Virginia Motor Speedway, Win, uh, Winchester. I mean, we have some really good weekly racing tracks, and we have a great, as we talk every week, Brandon. We have a great group of young drivers. I mean, I look at you know, uh, look at uh, many, and he's fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a, you don't even have your driver's license yet. Yeah, no, it's uh, there, there's some incredible uh, short tracks around here that run all the time, and uh, Dominion is definitely one of my favorites. I love that racetrack; it's super fast. I've only had one opportunity to run it in a late model, and this will be my second this weekend. Uh, South Boston is is awesome. I've had some some pretty decent decent luck there. We've qualified in the top five there before and um, run there pretty well. Um, so South Boston's great. I'm looking forward to going back to Langley, I believe, at the end of this month. So mm-hmm. everything is, you know, Virginia offers a, an incredible uh, options for short track racing. As far as philanthropy, <laughs> uh, Brandon, this kid is a huge philanthropist. You've raised almost a half a million dollars for childhood cancer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's amazing. I mean, thank you, you, thank you. Uh, out of all your accomplishments – for me, that probably stands out the most. Not it, you know. Yes, it's about the young, uh, the you starting young, ten. But from the very beginning, you have had a uh, a very strong philanthropy program. I mean, uh, uh, burn rubber to to save another. Uh, that's Minnie's mission. And um, which which of got you to meet Jeff Gordon? And you guys kind of struck up a uh, a, pr- a pretty nice relationship. Yes, sir. So uh, I I met Jeff at the age of eight because I was at the time you know raising money myself, and at the time I think I, I had only I'm not sure if I'm correct, but I had only raised about seven thousand dollars, and it, it, I was seven years old, and uh, the NBC Nightly News had had 
wanted to do an interview with me. They came to my house and, and interviewed me. It was really cool. They went to the racetrack and, and filmed me and the go-karts. And, uh, well, Jeff happened to see the, the, the news episode and he, he contacted us or uh, his manager contacted us and said, Hey, you know, we want to, we want you to come to Martinsville Speedway this upcoming weekend and meet Jeff and, and hang out and have a good time. So we were like, you know, is this even real? You know, holy crap, this is great. And, uh, we found it was real. <laughs> and, uh, and we, we went and, uh, Jeff was, is an incredible person. Jeff Gordon is I mean, probably one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And, uh, he spent uh, 45 minutes with me at the racetrack and showing me race cars going through there and matched the, uh, the $7,000 that I had raised and wrote me a check for that. And, uh, super special. And, and we partnered with uh, their foundation when I was eight years old, and uh, I've continued to raise money for the Jeff Gordon Children's Foundation uh, ever since. And that relationship still is blossoming, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah. How many kids 15 can say, hey, I know Jeff Gordon? <laughs> not a, not or, a, or, yeah. hey, I got Jeff Gordon's number. Or Jeff Gordon just texted me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh. Well, here it is. Look at that. I, I'm working with I'm working with Jeff Gordon right now to to help kids with cancer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's something yeah, pretty that's incredible. Cre- it, I mean that that above all your accomplishments, to me, stands out the most. Many to have the heart and the want to give back to others is uh, amazing. Oh yeah. It's it's you know it makes you feel good. You know my 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 father is a big. He's a big uh, thriver on, you know, we need to help others if we're in the position to do so. And um, just this past weekend, leaving Hickory Motor Speedway, at, or leaving our hotel, there was we, we went in for some breakfast, and she went in the back because we were late, and she cooked us eggs and all kinds of stuff. And uh, my father gave her a $20 tip, and she, she was struggling at the time, and uh, things were rough with expenses and stuff, and she couldn't afford some gas, so she started crying. And, we we had no idea that you know this this lady was was really in need and uh, so we went back to the room ate her breakfast came back and left and, uh, you know I was I gave her a hundred dollar bill and you know it's it's incredible that uh, God has placed me in this position to where I can do that for somebody else and and in need and um, and help people so and that's the most important part. That's something that you know you're going to uh, continue to do and continue to to live. I'm going to guess through the rest of your career and the rest of your life. Um, what I wanted to ask you is about that rest of your career. And, um, you know, you're only 15. You've got a lifetime of, of racing ahead of you. Um, what's your career path looking like right now? What do you want to accomplish? And do you want to, to say, take the Jeff Gordon path and try to get to the Cup Series or something else? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to race uh, stock cars professionally if I could. That would be incredible. Um, if I can make it to NASCAR or anything in those series, it would be great. Um, if, if I can't, if I can't uh, be a professional race car driver, I'd love to work on the cars. Um, I work with my father every week uh, in, in a repair business. We do we work on cars and, and do tires. So um, I love working on cars. I love being around them. And uh, you know, if I if I can't make it there as as a driver, I'd like to be a motorsports engineer or maybe a chassis designer and 
and hopefully go up and, and, and work on them. But the ultimate goal will be to be a driver. That would be incredible. Well, you are only 15. And I'm sure there are a few people that have your, their eye on you because you are a sponsor's dream. I mean, to be able to talk the way you do, Minnie. I, well, I want to go back to Hickory Motor Speedway this past weekend, and we talk about helping out. Uh, you know, there at the end of the race, uh, someone had a health issue, and you and your dad, from what I hear, sprang into action and, and went to help. Yeah, it appeared uh, there's a gentleman in the stands. He's, he's actually crewing for a, uh, a super late model that weekend. And uh, he walked across the, the track, and uh, he, had, he had symptoms of uh, or very similar symptoms of a heart attack. And uh, my father was actually the first one to, to go over there and, and, and try to attend to him when they had the, the rescue squad show up. And my, my mom was getting ice and stuff. And, and you know, my mom is, is all of, but, you know, like five feet tall. So she's, she can't sprint very fast. So she's, and I'm in tech and I just got changed out of, out of the race car and, and I'm dripping sweat. And she's like, hey, can you run this over into the stands? There's a gentleman over there. He needs help. And I was like, yeah, no problem. So, Sprinted over there, you know, tried to cool him down a little bit. But the ambulance came. He was okay. He got released uh, by 5 a.m. the next morning. And uh, it, 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 he had to pull a, a chest muscle. So nothing okay. serious. Um, you know, thank God he was okay. And, uh, yeah, so we, we helped him out. He was very appreciative. He called my mother and couldn't, couldn't thank her enough for, for what we did. But, uh, you know, when anybody's in need, I don't care who it is, you, you always got to help them. I have a super important question to ask you, though. Okay. Is it true that the first time you ever stood next to Doc Love, people thought that you looked like Big and Little Enos? I have no idea. Um, it, it, we, we could have. Uh, um, Brandon calls uh, me and my father that sometimes as a joke. But, uh, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Uh, it, it's, it's what some people think. Or I, I haven't heard that one before. That's pretty funny. Doc Love is with Race 22. You know, does a lot of the... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And a good friend of mine, he's going to be interviewing you as well, I think, tomorrow. So, But Doc is an old friend, and he goes, I dare you to ask him. (laughs) So he ain't going to dare me nothing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, Doc's a great guy. uh, I talked to him this past weekend, and after the poll award, he he interviewed me for that. So, no, Doc's an awesome guy. Heading to Dominion, home turf. What are you yes, What are you expecting this weekend? Uh, you know, I think we'll we'll have a pretty good car. I know that uh, we're coming to a track that I've been very good at. Last year was my best qualifying run. I qualified third there, um, ran third all race, and then uh, fell back to fourth on the last like twenty laps, and then finished fourth. Um, but you know, I'm expecting that we will be able to do just as good. I know that we have a car more than capable of winning the race, and. Uh, I've got a crew chief that can put me in that position, and uh, we'll just have to go and get it done. For you, what would it mean to get your first win on the Cars Tour at Dominion? Uh, it'd be incredible. It'd be uh, right here at my home, basically, and uh, that would be that'd be great. So we'll, we'll see. I, I'd love to. There's a lot of like like I said, great competitors that show up and run. So uh, we'll we'll try and give them a run for their money. You know, it it takes a, a team. It really does. So I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to thank the folks that help you and also your, also your sponsors. Yeah, my entire crew. Uh, they, I've got two Larrys, Larry Graff, who, who runs my, my website and does all kinds of things for me. Larry Graff is an amazing person. 
he's helped us so much this past year and a half and or two years and then uh larry Lindsay, he's our tire guy and he's going on 80 years old and i i pray that i can only uh move as much as i as as he can at 80 years old um and then Brandon Butler, obviously my crew chief. Everybody comes and supports me. Dan Givens, my father, my mother, um, all my sponsors, Solid Rock Carriers, Weber Rector, and uh, just my entire friends and family for getting me where I am today. You've had a great career. You have some great sponsors. And uh, we can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your, your day to spend uh, with us and be stupid and talk to us. I mean, you know, <laughs> being one of the inaugural members of the class of Team Racing Virginia is uh it's it is you can only be one you know the, the first so that's we are so glad to have you as a part of our our team and as our, our our family and we wish you good luck this coming saturday at dominion the cars tour man i would love nothing better to see you get your first win there oh well, i appreciate it thank you so much for having me on by the way folks you can find him at minityrell.com facebook twitter and instagram at minityrell of course he drives the number 81 he'll be at dominion raceway this weekend for the cars tour race if you need more information about that go to dominionraceway.com thanks so much buddy no problem thank you guys what an amazing kid <laughs> great kid at 15, there's no way I was, you know, that articulate at 15. I wouldn't know what the heck I was talking about. I still don't know what the heck I'm talking about. What am I talking about? <laughs> I have been amazed with that kid since the very beginning, only because the composure he has mm -hmm. at the age that he is. I mean, he sounds like a guy that's been racing for 50 years. Yeah. To see him win this week would be amazing. Oh my gosh, that would be that would be so cool for. I mean, he got his first pole. Why not get his first win? Yeah, just moving moving up. I was to to hear that he won his first late model race at ten years old, and to be racing against people who are twenty. Let me. You have to go back and, and look at forward. yeah, look at some of the photos of him. Yeah. Okay. If you go back and look at some of the photos of him, look how. I mean, he was small. Yeah. I mean, he's short still, but he was short, short. I mean, he was small. A little kid. They, they, they had to do special things with the pedals and sure. stuff just so he could get in the car. And to see him race at 10 years old, I was like, wow. I mean, this mm -hmm. kid's going somewhere. And he is. Yep. Uh, I think that uh, he's got enough connections, hence blah, 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 blah. You know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that maybe that he'll get that shot uh, when, he's, when he's old enough. You know what time it is? What time is that? It's story time with Randy Hallman. Can you hear another story, Brandon? I can't wait. Especially after <laughs> last after last week's. I like that one. Hey, you buddy. Hey, man. How you guys? Uh, good. By the way, folks, his new column on the RacingVirginia.com website uh, is where we are right now. Kind of a mid-year recap. So um, uh, go go there and do some reading. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> well said. Just, yeah, it was just a uh, look around and and uh, trying to figure out who was racing and who wasn't. And uh, I mean, you know, it's just such a tough time for track owners and and for fans. So I I just uh, ran through it quickly. And and as I said in the column, if you if you hope to go, you want to go to to one of the tracks that is in in operation. Check that website. Make that call. Make sure they're running. 
And then uh, if you get out there, get, get a chance to get out there and go. And if you go, wear the mask. I mean, you know, it's a pain in the neck, but uh, but just wear it. It's it, you're gonna it's gonna it's gonna help racetracks stay open. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I mean, there are health department officials going to some tracks mm-hmm. and actually cracking down. So and and I've had a couple of tracks outside the state of Virginia that have actually been closed because they didn't follow right. the rules. It's it's not you know it's not that hard. It's not fun, but it's not that hard. No, I've been to what, th- three races this year. Kept my mask on the whole time. It's not that difficult to do. Yeah, I, it's a pain in the butt. So what's what's our story this yeah. week? Well, it, it's you know who knows how people make these connections in their heads. I've never been to, to to the New Hampshire track. It 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 didn't come into being that particular track until. After I'd retired and I've never gotten up there, maybe I will one of these days. But it just made me think about, well, what tracks have I been to? And uh, so why not go big? I, I, I went to Le Mans in 1976 when Jimmy Donlevy uh, took, took his car there. And, uh, and talk about a fun trip. That was, that was great. I enjoyed it immensely. What happened was Bill France Sr., who, who had visions of, of, of an international circuit, um, either either taking NASCAR international or, or creating another circuit, an international circuit, the one that would run in Europe and, and beyond. Anyway, he, of course, knew everybody in racing everywhere and arranged for a two-car class. Among the 55 cars that were entered in the in the Le Mans race, that's an eight eight and a half mile track, so there's plenty of room. And uh, there's 55 cars in the field that year, and two of those cars were um, uh, NASCAR stock cars, outfitted to run 24 hours in a in a race. So that's what that's what it was, and and Jenny was one of the one of the ones that France tapped to go. I want you to go represent us at Le Mans. That being the case, uh, my friend Al Pierce, the writer from Newport News, Al Pierce and I decided we got to be there. If Junie's going to be there, we're going to be there. So we did. We we uh, arranged to go to to uh, see the 24 hours of Le Mans with uh, Junie's car and a car fielded by Herschel McGriff with his son, and and it was great. We had a good time. Uh, the cars did not finish well. McGriff's car, they, they qualified way at the back to back uh, amongst all the prototypes and sports cars and everything else. But, and McGriff's car was out early. It had a, it had a problem with the fuel mix and didn't work and, and uh, went out early. But Jenny's car did pretty well. We, we, uh, we watched it race deep into the night, went about, 11 hours, uh, went about 900 miles, um, and, and was fun to watch. It was, um, you know, there, there, you know, it would come by with a, with a Porsche in its draft. Every, all the, all the other cars loved the draft with Jenny's car because it cut such a big hole in the air that they would, uh, oh my gosh, they were, you know, really glad to get behind it. And you got a, a four mile, three and a half mile, whatever it is, straight away at the back, and and they flew 
down there if they were if they got the if they picked up the draft from Jeannie's car. But on they went. What what was really fun about it was the uh, the, the threesome that drove to Junie. That was Dick Brooks, his regular driver. There was a Frenchman, Marcel Mignot, who Junie picked up knowing, first of all, he needed somebody to speak French. And second, you got better treatment from the officials if you had a Frenchman in your team. So Junie wisely picked up Marcel. And, uh, and the third driver was Dick Hutcherson. And Hutch was retired. He had raced in the 60s. About four years, he like 103 races, won 14 of them. This guy was, Hutch was great. Hutch was a great driver. And he had also raced in like, I believe it was 66, when this was the year that the uh, the movie was made, Ford versus Ferrari. And Hutch was in the third place of the three Fords that finished one, two, three. He was part of that team. So he had driven Le Mans before. He knew all about what he was doing. He was great. Hutch was a great, great driver. And I got to meet him and, and, and be around him a little bit. Really cool guy. Funny. And uh, Hutch, I, I, I can't say enough about his career. Besides winning those races, he was, he retired from racing itself. He was general manager at Holman Moody. He was in charge of David Pearson's car and two of Pearson's championship years and then he and uh and uh, a friend formed uh, hutcherson pagan uh which was his own chassis building uh company that prepared cars for tons of really good good teams including aj Foyt, uh in nascar for years i mean the guy the guy did it all knew it all he was he was great and um uh, so I got to be around him and, and, and watch that team run. Again, they went about 10 hours and finally a gearbox uh, failed, something that they had uh, installed, gotten from a Penske uh, road racing outfit, but it failed. And uh, But they, they were headed for, as, as far back as they qualified back in the 50s, but they were headed for a top 20 because they were, you know, they were steady and quick and, and, you know, were getting the best out of things and other people were falling out. And they might have made top 20 in that race had they, had they been able to finish. They did, as I said, go more than, more than 800, way over 800 miles in the race. So, so that was great. It was also great just to be there to, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing at Le Mans is a carnival. There's a Ferris wheel, there's, there's rides, there's places to go eat. I mean, you know, you, people are camping out. It's a 24 hour race and you're there for like three days while they're practicing and all that. And, uh, and we were there. Part of the fun was the way I went was the, 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 the newspaper didn't send me. They, they paid me like a freelancer, which is to say not much at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so I had also been able to arrange with uh, Chris Economaki, who was the editor of uh, National Speedport News, to write for him that week. And really, that maybe the greatest honor of my entire career as a reporter was Chris turned over his column space to me that week. And I don't know, if, I don't know if he did that with anybody else. Probably he did, but 
it was extremely rare. So I wrote the editor's notebook column for that week. And I got to say, it was as bad as anything I ever wrote. I was, just, <laughs> I, I, was I did not rise to the occasion. Chris, Chris, of course, knew everybody and everything. He would have written, he would have talked to every American there. He would have, he would have talked to all the top people. Not me. I was trying to write some mood piece about Jenny Donlevy, and it didn't work. <laughs> it was really not good. I, I, I'm embarrassed now to think about it. But anyway, Chris was kind enough to let me do it. Yeah. And he also, as part of his deal, he, he arranged for, you know, part of his payment, he paid me a little bit, and he arranged for me to have a car from his friends at Renault. And when I got to France in Paris, went to the Renault factory, and they handed me the keys to this hot, brand-new 1976 sporting model. And the car was, I mean, it was great. And, and I, I was there with Al and a couple, and a couple other people. And we drove, we drove on out to Le Mans, which is a couple hours away. And then one thing I remember about that car, we drove back. And we were in a hurry. We, we, the race was over. And we all had planes to catch and, you know, schedules to meet. So we piled in that car, there were four of us, and we're driving back. And basically, I was just with the, uh, with the flow of traffic on that, uh, what amounted to the uh, French interstate, wide and, and, uh, and pretty, pretty straight. And I, I knew I was going fast. And I was in the, the fast lane, but I was just going with the flow of traffic. And here I am, you know, just hustling along, getting back to Paris to make my plane. And and there's a, a car comes up behind me, and he, the guy flashes his lights a couple of times. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, I got to, you know, it's like four or five lanes wide. I got to get over here and let this guy go because he really wants to go. And I look down, and, I, and I'm having to convert kilometers to miles per hour because that's what the speedometers mark and i look down and i look at it i think about it for a minute and i'm thinking this guy wants to pass me and according to my conversion math i'm doing 105 miles an hour <laughs> and it's just like i'm only a little faster than the next lane and i'm not fast enough for this guy. <laughs> nobody was it wasn't you know, nobody was acting crazy. It was just like, no, I want to go 120. You know, <laughs> let's move on over. So, so I did. I, later, I don't think I've ever driven that fast any other time in my life. Oh, man, <laughs> this yeah. is, you know, this is slightly crazy. But anyway, we we made it. Everybody was safe enough, and we we got back. Well, you know, over in but Europe, it, when, in Europe, they drive really fast, and they, it's amazing. It they don't have a whole lot of accidents. It's just that when they have an accident, it's a big one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look out for the 40-car yeah, pileup. Smash-up. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Now, but, uh, now, if you went over there with and to cover with uh, Junie Dunleavy, he, he probably yeah. fed you a bologna sandwich, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was like the, when we arrived at the track, we'd been, we'd been in France for about a day. Al and I, because we, we, we flew into Paris, we, we got that car, we, 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 you know, we had to stay overnight to, to, to get to Renault to get the car and all that. And at the time, 
this is 1976, our, our, our uh, bicentennial year. It was great. 76, and it was, you know, everybody was aware of America's, uh, you know, 200-year anniversary. And, uh, but in 76, you, you, in Europe, you were not, or at least in Paris and in France, you were not likely to find any ice in your drink. And it was pretty hot. And of course, we Americans, you know, we want, we want our Coca-Cola poured over uh, four or five cubes of ice and so on and so forth. And, and you get these slightly cooler than room temperature drinks. And so just, I don't know, we, we Americans, we, we were, we were just thirsty and we were thirsty for something cold. So we get to the track. And Judy has his his wonderful bologna sandwiches ready to go. And McGriff was sponsored by uh, Olympia Beer. And McGriff pulls a cooler out of his uh, hauler and offers us a beer, you know, pitches us a beer can. And those those beer cans had been immersed in ice, and they were they were so cold, it was like like when you drink a, a, a Coke or, or a drink out of a can and there's a little bit of slivers of ice in it. And man, that was the best beer I ever had in my life. It was, so cold. It was like, that was I, personal. You're my man from here on out. Great. Yeah. I don't know if Brandon knows it, but uh, a bologna sandwich was a gourmet meal at, in Junie Dunlevy's trailer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's widely known that that's what he yeah. fed everybody. Now I want to know yeah. did did he import the bologna from America? Or oh, he, he probably brought it. He French probably bologna. he he probably packed it in his suitcase and took it with him. I expect he did. I expect he had it with him when he when he went and uh, and and it was yeah that was just you know I I think about that now all the time because so many of the scenes even now and and when when we not quite as NASCAR is not quite as big uh, much of a big bucks out there as it used to be teams are struggling to keep their sponsors and all that but still many of them several of them have these master chefs in, in their employ uh that are preparing these very helpful very carefully thought out meals and i think man i'm from a different time a different era when you just wander through there and Judy would say hey come on over here get your bologna sandwich <laughs> that was as much of a chef as you found well in, i want as always, you come you come to the table, or the microphone, so to speak, with a story that I've never heard before. That 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 was awesome. I didn't, you know, I didn't even know Junie had gone to Le Mans. Yeah, absolutely. Went and and those guys enjoyed that. You know, they had they had a great time. They 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 spent a, a, a night or two in Paris. They uh, they went to to some of the shows there. Uh, um, you know, and 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 just were were part of the part of the whole scene. And the car, I gotta say, the cars, the, the American stock cars were a huge hit because of the way they sounded and the way they looked. They were different from anything else. And the uh, the uh, fans called called those two stock cars the Le Deux Monstres, the two monsters. And uh, and when Al and I were in the community there that like that Friday or Saturday night. We 
we were, you know, just looking for something to do. And some of these fans that were, were there and they found out who we were and where we were from. And we, we knew these stock car guys and they just, uh, oh man, we were the greatest people in the world. And they, we barely spoke any French and they didn't speak much English, but they said, come on. And, and they took us to a bar, not, not, uh, not one that you'd ever heard of. I mean, we're in Le Mans and, 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 and all that sort of thing, but they took us to their place. And so, Al, Al and I had a few to drink and Al, uh, went up to the bar and he saw that, that they had a newspaper clipping with Le Doux Monstre uh, in the photo. And Al, you know, declared everybody, that's us. We're from America. We know Junie Donlevy. And all uh, people were cheering and, and Al declared, we, we shall return. <laughs> I don't think either one of us has been back to that bar, but we should. We should just go back and uh, and and be there while we were there. This was this it was this kind of bar while we were there, having fun, sitting at our table, just laughing and having fun and trying to understand each other a little bit. A fight broke out in the back, and and it just kind of rolled past us. You know, these guys just sort of wailing away. I don't know what they were fighting. I have no idea. And it, it reminded me of a of a Beetle Bailey cartoon when the you know it's a cloud of dust with a couple of feet and arms sticking out. <laughs> it was that kind of thing. It just kind of rolled past us and then rolled back past us to the back again. And everybody was just ignoring it. They didn't care. So, I mean, we we just had a, a great time. The crew had a great time. Uh, it's one of those things that you never forget. Uh, really, really enjoyed. Enjoyed being in, in France with Junie Donlevy and company. Uh, just a quick reminder, go to the Racing Virginia website and check out his latest column. And of course, as always, check in every week for Storytime with Randy Hallman. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, it's great to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. See you next week. Another great story. Yeah. By, by the way, I can almost bet you Dick Trickle. If he ran a five-hour stint, uh-huh. he probably smoked two packs of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, he would have them right, taped to right, the dashboard. Right there in the car. Yeah. Because I don't know if you'd ever seen him. Uh, there's some pictures of him racing, and you can oh, see yeah. him one-handed the, uh, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, the, the in-car camera from Talladega, I remember back in like the early 90s, I think it was. I think that if if Al and uh, Randy go back to France and have a drink, they need to take us with us. <laughs> it would be nice. Did you know I was a French minor in in college? Oh, you suck! Really? Uh, you know, well, you know, the one thing I always said, you know, everybody uh, wanted you to take Spanish. Yeah, I'm like, well, Spanish doesn't sound very sexy, but yeah. but a guy speaking French to a girl, wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. Je voudrais visiter le Paris et boire beaucoup de la bière. Holy smoke! Y'all didn't know that, did you? That is something (laughs) I did not know at all. We've been waiting to have this cat on. He is a, um, I got to tip my hat to him because anybody that will resurrect a a racetrack um, is a special kind of guy in my my, uh, book. The track is in Callaway, Virginia. It is Franklin County Speedway. He is the owner of Moonshine Capital Promotions with his wife, Kimberly. And, of course, not only that, but he is the owner and founder of Race22.com. We're going to talk to him about all of that. 
Mr. Langley Austin comes to the HoosierDriver.org hotline. How you doing, buddy? How's it going, guys? It's going pretty good. Uh, it's good to have you on for the first time. Yeah, man. Hate, uh, hate that I haven't been able to connect with you before, but uh, good to be on here for sure. Oh, uh, I can tell you this. You are now a member. Well, you, I mean, you're a promoter, so you should be a member of our Team Racing Virginia, our family. Right. We're inducting new members. Yeah, all, all, the, all time, the time, every day. Every day. Uh, it, it, let's go. You know, you, you took over Franklin County Speedway. Let's just jump right in. What have been the greatest challenges that you've had with promoting a uh, short track? Right? I mean, I don't know, man. That's a, that's a long list. We, this, uh, I don't know how long this podcast can be, but uh, probably not long enough to talk about all that. But, um, you, you know, there's so many things. This year, obviously – you know, you have the, the pandemic, but uh, there's so many other challenges there, especially with uh, a facility that's uh, 40, I mean, uh, 50 some years old. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, hasn't uh, ha- hasn't been changed much since 1969. So, uh, you know, it's just a challenge to make sure that everything works every week more than anything. Uh, and then getting employees and, uh, you know, maintaining them is very tough. You know, we're, you know, we're outside of that Charlotte hub of, uh, of people um, and where the racetrack hasn't had any consistency over the last 20 years. Um, you know, it's really hard to uh, build a staff. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge that we've had. You know, the one thing that I think that I enjoy the most is that a lot of your race names uh, are, have a, a tip of the hat to the history of Franklin County with its, with the moonshine. I love it. Yeah. I mean, we're uh you know, we're, we're all about the, the, the county that we're in um, and, and its heritage and history. And, uh, and and the same thing for, you know, short track racing. You know, we, we try to tie those names in sometimes, uh, you know, to uh, other events that have happened, you know, that no longer take place. And and, uh, and, and I also want them to kind of have a, uh, you know, at times have a have a WWE wrestling feel. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. not that, uh, you know, we're, we're having wrestling. We do from time to time, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, that, that is something that I, you know, growing up, you know, I, I watched a lot of, uh, WWF wrestling, you know, Hulk Hogan and those guys and, and the names of their events, you know, stand out in my mind and, and I want people to, you know, remember the names of these events. So we try to tie all of that together as best we can. You know, you mentioned the pandemic. How has the fan count and also, I mean, I know you're limited. But and the the car count been uh, this year for Franklin County? Well, honestly, I you know I, I think maybe uh, a few more people that uh, haven't uh, haven't attended a race in several years ha- have showed up. Um, but honestly, it hasn't affected much of anything. You know, our car counts are not are not better than uh, I anticipated them being. They're not worse than I anticipated them being. Uh, you know, going into this year, um, you know, it's a challenge where we're at. You know, we're uh, you know we're a uh, a real bull ring. Um, you, you have to uh, get down and down and dirty and and get uh, you know get your hands dirty and get up on the wheel to uh, to race at Franklin County Speedway. And and there's uh, there's a contingent of racers, especially the ones from from nearby you know Motor Mile Speedway, who uh, they're they're not ready to get up on the wheel. Uh, they don't have to at their home track, and and they're not ready for that, so they don't come and, and race with us. So a lot of our uh, a lot of our racers come from North Carolina. Um, where there are a lot more bull rings and, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's our biggest, uh, that's our biggest hurdle with, with the pandemic is we're trying to draw those guys, 
Um, you know, sometimes they have uh, restrictions on traveling, you know, depending on where they're from, you know, hot spots, all that. And we have to kind of pay attention to that, too. So that I think that's been the biggest challenge with the pandemic. You have a, a limited late model class that is the, your premier class, uh, although this year, and you're getting ready to have um, the second one, uh, Stadium Invasion 2, which I love, yep. uh, the Bowman Gray Modifieds coming up to uh, race at F- Franklin County, which which eight, uh, three-eighths mile and 22-degree bacon. Holy smoke. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Those uh, Bowman Gray Stadium guys, They uh, a lot of them didn't know what they were in for when they got there. You know, they uh, they raced around a uh, flat, you know, track in, in Winston-Salem, and uh, when they got there for the last one, uh, um, there was some, some cars that hit the wall during practice on Friday, and uh, – you know they weren't they weren't prepared for all the high banks, but by the end of the weekend, man, I think most of those guys love the racetrack. You know it's old, it's wore out, and places falling apart. But it's one of the most uh, incredibly uh, bad to the bone racetracks that you will ever attend as a racer or a fan. You know, I, I tell people all the time, no matter where they're from, because you know I know from race twenty two, I know everybody in 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 racing uh, just about. Um, and I always tell people, man, if you've never been to Franklin County, you should experience that at least one time, whether you're a racer or a fan, because there is there is going to be something you're going to enjoy about the night, no matter what. How did that partnership or uh, come about to get the Bowman Gray Modifieds up to Franklin County? Well, I mean, just opportunity. You know, uh, uh, that's the that's the one thing about the the, the pandemic. It went from uh, it went from being, uh, you know, a, a a death nail, you know what I mean? Yeah. To uh, to kind of being a gift. I mean, with with Bowman Gray being shut down, and and at the time we were promoting the last uh, the last one, um, you know, they hadn't announced that they were shut down for the year. Uh, there were still it was still somewhat in limbo. And the week of our event, they actually announced that they uh, were shut down for the year. So that forced a few more people to come our way and uh, made the event a little bigger than it probably would have been. Um, and now that you know they're shut down, I think you know some other guys are like, hey. You know, we're going to get up there and uh, and and go racing because they're giving us an opportunity to race. I, I was getting ready to ask you: Do you expect a higher car count than the first one? Yeah, uh, I do. I, you know, the, and, and you know that's always something hard to predict. Um, you know, but just just based on conversations, uh, I do think that we'll have uh, three or four more cars in every one of the divisions. And uh, there's a there's a honestly there's a lot of sponsors, uh, businesses that are involved with racers down there who have. Uh, reached out to us or we've reached out to them and, and, uh, you know, trying to put some more uh, money in, in the pot for the racers and, uh, you know, just trying to do some fun things that, uh, you know, will make them want to come to the racetrack. And I mean, they all want to race, but you know, a lot of them are hesitant, man. You go from a completely flat track and something that you've known all your life to going to the high banks up in the hills where you get lost and you think you've done, you know, made the movie wrong turn. So, I mean, it's just a different, uh, it's just a different thing for those. It's a culture shock for those guys. Yeah. So speaking of uh, um, you know, uh, fan getting fans to the racetrack, um, for fans of racing, uh, maybe over here towards the East Coast that not might not have experienced your track before, or people around uh, who might not even be race fans, c- kind of explain the uh, the the at track experience for somebody who's never visited Franklin County. Well, it's different for sure. Um, you, you know. It's- like I said earlier, you know, the place has been unchanged since 1969. I mean, honestly, I'm thinking about changing that slogan to that. But um, we, uh, it's just old. It's old concrete bleachers. 
um, you know, just an, an old facility. So, so if you're going there for like the luxuries of life, you know, you're not going to Dominion actually. I can tell you that right now because that place is nice and we are not. Um, but, uh, but the, the experience as far as watching a race, uh, as far as what you'll see on the track, you know, crazy things happen in Franklin County. It's, it's a lot like Bowman Gray in the aspect of uh, um, a lot of wild things happen. There's fights every now and then. I mean, probably a little more than every now and then. Um, you know, and just uh, you, you're, you're going to see good stuff. I mean, and, and the high banks, you know, obviously make the racing um, extremely exciting. I mean, I, I, I've been to Langley Speedway, you know, I, I think the race is fantastic. But, uh, man, the banking at Franklin County just makes everything look more intense. And uh, and I think from a fan's aspect, that's what you get. Now, I would think that just like Bowman Gray, uh, Franklin County, being that it's, you know, uh, up in the western part of the state, there are a lot of feuding going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they talk about the Hatfields and McCoys up in West Virginia. We, we, we got, I don't know what their names are down here, but we got plenty of them. I can tell you that. Uh, you need to be, you know, uh, as, as a promoter, I don't know what your, you know, ABC license says you can do, but man, I don't know if you, well, I take that back. I don't know if you want to actually serve any fans, any moonshine. Well, I mean, uh, we're, we're, I, I stay away from that. Um, you know, but uh, you know, fans do uh, do bring their uh, bring their own alcohol in. Uh, I'm not uh, not saying that I condone that, but uh, <laughs> that does happen, and uh, they do get a little rowdy. Uh, I think somebody got body slammed on hood. Somebody saw this past weekend, so a uh, little WWE action going on up there. But uh, but it's 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 exciting. It's it's you know, for the most part, it's a, a good family fun time. Yeah. And, and you know, if you if you like fights, you might see one of them or two of them or five of them. You know? Well, well, I'm, I I just see a moonshine company as a great sponsor for Franklin County, uh, the you know the birthplace of I agree. moonshine. Uh, I agree, hundred percent. We've uh, never been able to lock one in. We've worked on several. Um, you know, there's one that uh, that sponsors, uh, you know, Lee Pulliam and and yep. uh, Corey Heim and you know, I'm, Brothers. Good, I'm good friends with him. Yep, and uh, you know, so we, we we need to get them on board for sure. It'd be uh, it'd be great to uh, to have them, and we could really promote them. I mean, Franklin County obviously is the uh, you know the uh, moonshine capital of the world, and uh, and we can definitely uh, promote their products uh, better than anybody else. Now, uh, you know, being a promoter of Franklin County, um, you have a full time job as well, I believe, and you also are the owner and founder of Race Twenty Two dot com. How do you juggle all that? Well, I don't know about the full time job part. I I, I don't. I, I have tried my entire life to never have a job. I did have one for a year working for Michael Diaz, Southern National, and uh, he was the worst boss ever, and I was the worst employee ever, and uh, now we're really good friends. Uh, but we wanted to kill each other back then. Um, but, you know, the, the Race 22 uh, race twenty two thing, I've kind of stepped back a little bit because I've been, you know, really busy uh, at Franklin County. And, uh, you know, Andy Marquis and uh, Brandon White and Corey Latham, they've been uh, and, and Doc Love, they've been taking the reins. And, uh, you know, really trying to, uh, you know, make sure it, it, it stays, you know, going. It's been really – that's probably been a bigger challenge than trying to run a racetrack in, uh, in, in the pandemic, you know, with all yeah. the racing that shut down for such a long time. Um, you know, you didn't have anything to do, so you're trying to spin out some content. And, man, that was uh, that, that was a headache and a half. And uh, I'm glad I'm kind of stepped back from that at the moment because, uh, you know, there's still a lot of challenges to uh, going to some of these events and, you know the different uh, different places and 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 all of that. So 
but uh, you know, it's, it is hard to juggle. I don't do a good job of it, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I have a hard time focusing on more than uh, more than one thing at a time. And, you know, I do try to get as much of it done as possible, but uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm fully focused on Franklin County and making it uh, the best we can make it. What are your plans for Franklin County? Um, well, that's kind of hard to say, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, as far as the rest of this year goes, that's about as far as I can go with you. Um, we're, we're steadily making improvements. Uh, we've been working on the scoreboard that things, you know, from 1982, I believe. Um, you know, it hasn't worked since 2016. Uh, I believe we'll have it working this weekend. I'm not 100% sure. We, we think we've figured out what's wrong with it. Uh, got a concrete project going on at the track right now. Um, you know, trying to resurface some of the pit area. Um, as well as possibly part of the racetrack. Not sure if we'll get to it this week or not, but, uh, you know, just uh, upgrading bathrooms and uh, doing some other things. Man, uh, you know, we were just, we're just putting – honestly, you know, I love that place. I grew up there. You know, my, my mom lives on the road uh, getting into the racetrack, uh, so I grew up there my entire life. And, uh, you know, really, I love the place, and uh, I just want to put, uh, put my heart and soul into that place and try to make it, uh, you know, what it was in the 1980s and uh, – you know, we've uh, we've had some, you know, with with the restrictions, we've you know we've been capped at uh, at the uh, the numbers here for the pandemic. But uh, you know, we've uh, we've had some good crowds. You know, it's all things considered, you know they, you know the track hasn't been drawing. Uh, you know, I, I ain't gonna lie. You know, before it was drawing a hundred or less. You know, before we took it over uh, in, in the stands, and uh, now we've got a pretty decent crowd built up and. Some of it's the gift of the pandemic and nothing else to do, but a lot of it is the racing there is fantastic, and the racers have been doing a good job of putting on the show, and and uh, we've uh, been trying to, you know, stay as organized as we can. That's, uh, you know, another you know thing that you asked, you know, earlier about the staff. You know, I've, I've been so inconsistent. One week, you know, I've got one race director, and next week I got a different one. You know, every I don't think I've had I think I've had any employee at every race so far this year. So that's that's. That's been a uh, that's been a real hurdle, and of course you get a lot of help from your wife Kimberly, who is a big part of it. Yeah, for sure, and and she does have a full time job, so um, you know it, that's uh, that's another challenge because uh, there's several things you know at the racetrack that that she's really good at, um, you know that have to be done during the week that I'm not so good at, um, you know. So either I got to bring somebody else in, or she's got to find time to get there. Uh, but, you know, she handles everything on race nights. You know, people people come up talking to me about, you know, money this and money that. I'm like, you ever see me with money in my hands? I don't, I don't, I don't touch that, man. You know what I mean? And same thing goes for me. I, when I hire a race director, if you walk up to me and go, hey, man, can I do this? Or what What was this call? Hey, man, I ain't got a radio on. I don't know what you're talking about. Go over and talk to that guy. You know what I mean? Because if you put people in place and you don't let them do their job, right. then mm-hmm. you're never going to be successful. Uh, great. Great statement right there. I mean, that is a perfect statement because there are a lot of promoters that like to micromanage, and then oh, yeah. it, it ends up becoming a um, a toxic environment, and not only with the your employees but also with your drivers. So um, oh, I, I applaud you for taking off the ear, you know, the, the, the headsets and going around talking to the race fans and shaking their hands, thanking them for coming out. I mean, that's what a promoter's supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, somebody asked me one day, he said, why, why are you a promoter instead of general manager? I said, general manager, uh, they look over everything. I said, a promoter tries to sell tickets and that's my job and that's what I do. And that's, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at it. And, 
And if I'm not, I'll be out of business one day and, and I won't have to worry about it. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's my goal going in every week is to try to figure out how to sell the most tickets and, and, uh, try to make it work. Of course, the pandemic, you know, has you limited somewhat, but, uh, you know, I mean, you know, to take the racetrack back from, you know, basically nothing, um, you know, I feel like we're in a really good spot and I'm just going to continue to try to sell tickets and make it work. Well, we can't be more proud to have you as a part of the family here at Racing Virginia. Uh, we want to help as much as we can to, to promote the drivers and the, and the events there at your speedway. Uh, that's, that's the goal for this um, particular podcast. And uh, we've been doing it for three years. We're going to continue to grow this thing. We can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your busy schedule to uh, talk with us. I do have to ask you, though, because Doc Love is is, no, Lord. is like a, a great <laughs> he he he's an old friend i call him the round yeah. mound of sound <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> uh i've got a picture that i need to send you um uh, of doc love gnawing on a uh, on a a uh, spare rib at virginia motor <laughs> speedway that you could have his ammunition for him Absolutely, for sure. Uh, I, I love, I love Doc. He, uh, you know, he got out of racing there for a little while, yep. and uh, my wife actually brought him back. Um, you know, uh, she saw him at Ace. He was sitting in the stands, and he didn't even recognize her. And uh, this was, you know, a couple years ago, and and got him back. Uh, you know, going and racing, and you know, we're glad to have him as part of the Race Twenty Two team. He hasn't been able to make it up to uh, Franklin County yet, but hopefully, you know, one weekend when he's not covering, you know, something else, he'll be able to make it up there and. Uh, He's a good guy, and uh, his his heart's in the right place, and he's trying to do what's best for short track racing, and that's that's the kind of people that I want to surround myself with. Yeah, you know, because absolutely, you know, this this thing isn't going to last forever if we don't make it last forever. No, and and you know, Doc got out because he was frustrated with the industry, uh, as mm-hmm. as many as uh, of us do. And the nice thing is, is if you can get around people that think the same way as you there's, you know, we can grow this sport. I mean, that's, I mean, like you like to tie things into like a WWE title thing. Right. You know, that kind of, that appeals not only to an old crowd, but to the younger generation. And, yep. uh, you know, that's what we're losing right now. We're, we've we've lost a, a younger generation and we need to try to get them to the racetrack. And, uh, and I, I think you're doing a great job. Congratulations uh, on uh, – I call it a success of what's happening down at Franklin County, even in a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I would, uh, based on where we started the season thinking we would be and where we're at at the moment, I, I'll take it. I'll, uh, I'll consider it a win. Um, uh, if we, you know, if tomorrow they, uh, they go to phase two or phase one and, and we're uh, shut back down, I'll take it as a victory for the season and, and move on. But, uh, I'm hoping that uh, that doesn't happen. And I'm hoping that we're able to, uh, you know, continue to march on. I think we've got a lot of really, really awesome events planned, especially over the next three or four weeks, and a lot more that we're going to announce over the next few days. And you know, sponsorships, you know, have been coming in. You know, it's, it's funny. You know, during during this pandemic, I would have never believed that the sponsorship would come our way more than it would have otherwise. It's just, it's, it. You know, it's really weird. I, I feel like we've uh, got a golden opportunity here, and uh, I'm trying not to waste it. Folks, if you want to see some exciting racing, head out to uh, Callaway, Virginia, and go to Franklin County Speedway. You can find them at uh, F 
franklincsspeedway.com and on Facebook at franklincsspeedway uh, as far as their social media. And if you want to know uh, about late models, head over to race22.com. They do a great job of covering late models. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, and uh, on, on Facebook, it's actually uh, Franklin County Speedway dash Moonshine Capital Promotion. Oh, okay, that's, that's right. Our, that's that's a little bit longer, yeah. Yep. Uh, just ser- search Franklin County Speedway. It will come up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, thanks uh, again, Langley, and we look forward to talking to you again. All right, guys. Thank y'all. Y'all have a good day. All right. Man, uh, for, for, for someone to take over a racetrack – that has been dormant mm-hmm. or has been doing extremely bad like it was and try to put as much effort. I understand now why he wants to do it because that's the, it likes Southside for me. Mm-hmm. That was where I grew up. I'm, I went there every Friday night, Franklin County. That's that track for him. Yep. He, you know, man, obviously you heard him. His mom lives on the road <laughs> heading to the racetrack. Yep. So he grew up real. I'm sure he could probably even walk to it. Uh, so, I mean, it's nice to see younger promoters come mm-hmm. into the business, just like, uh, Vaughn Crittenden at, at Langley. We're seeing a younger group of guys come in to help promote racing. And hopefully that will bring, uh, some, some younger mm-hmm. mentality and ideas to the table that will get up, uh, keep race fans coming through the front gates. Absolutely. And not only that, it's, the, you know, Speaking a different language sometimes, yeah. like it, when when you're younger, you just you can speak to that generation, you can speak to that audience a little better, and have some of those ideas, you know, blossom into into ticket sales. Yeah. Well, uh, another great show. I'm, I have to say that, and I'm not saying that just because we do it. Some really good interviews. Yeah. yeah this is a really nice mix. I said it earlier yeah. in the show, but a really, really good mix. And uh, I wasn't expecting Randy's story about uh, about, being, about Le Mans <laughs> in France, but that was a, that was really cool and a really cool racing Virginia connection to Junie Donlevy as well. And, and we found out that <laughs> Brandon Brown knows how to speak French. Yes, it's probably it's probably how he got his girlfriend. Uh, no, how did I do that? It, it probably. <laughs> <laughs> That is just probably not an interview we want to no. do uh, on the Race in Virginia podcast. But, uh, you know, uh, again, we have another great show for, um, for next week's. Yep. All right. We're already scheduled them. We, we can't thank you enough for listening and clicking. And, and uh, I will I will tell you, remember last week I told you YouTube was being fa- – it is up. All right. We, we're going to link to that on social media this week uh, to, to have you a nice one-stop shop for all of the uh, all of the shows that we've done so far. Yeah, so far. And uh, some, between me and Brandon Brown. We'll put, we're going we're gonna to start putting the old ones on. Yep. Okay, but it's going to take a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. This, the export process takes a, a while to do. And then, the, and then to import it and upload it to yeah. YouTube takes yeah. some, you know, some uh, some more yeah. time. Yeah. So we'll 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 slowly but surely get mm. all the shows on there. Yep. Uh, but it's racing at racing Virginia uh, on on YouTube. on YouTube, and uh, you could it's the whole show. Okay. We'll probably have our face to FaceTime uh, video stuff that we do over you know throughout the year. We'll have that on there as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just another platform. Yep. Uh, speaking of other platforms, we are in talks on where we're going to post this. For podcasting, you know, because we we want to make it easy for you guys to get to. Yep. Um, I we know sometimes going to the website, clicking and having to download, and 
it may be a little uh, cumbersome, but you know what? Uh, the the on on mobile, it's still pretty mobile. It's mobile friendly, mm-hmm. so uh, that's that's a way to look at it. But you know, we understand you like to get notifications and yeah, play it in the background yeah, or something but, else you're doing on your. phone. I mean, like me, I'm riding down the road. I, I'm listening to you know iTunes pod. You know, the, yeah. I got all my podcasts through iTunes. So I mean, I understand. Mm-hmm. I was I was listening to Spotify, the Dale Jr. download of uh, the Robbie Gordon episode. If you haven't listened to that, oh, that's, that's a good one. A good one. It oh, really that is was a good really good one. one. Yeah. Talking about his business, and, and we're off on a little tangent here at the end, but that was a really cool one. But to illustrate, like, you just plug it in and you head up the road and head to Dominion Raceway and, and listen to some racing while you're getting there. That That's what we uh, aspire to be. Yeah. A show similar to the you know Dale Junior download. Dale, do if a, you're hearing this, you're awesome, baby. They we do. Love they you. do. We love you, Dale. They, you know he. You know his mom lives here in Virginia. Yeah. I wonder if we can adopt him into the racing Virginia I, family. I think. I think if if you could adopt Dale Junior into any family, you're doing pretty good. You think? Is that a challenge for me to get him? Yeah, why not? Uh, why not? He, he, <laughs> Dale's Dale's had a lot of good success here in uh, in Virginia. Yes. Challenge accepted. All right. Challenge accepted. Right. I am. I am. Is there a time frame on this? Do you have like do you? Have, are we giving you a month? Are we giving you two months? I don't know. Like, I don't know how long. This, uh, what's I'm this, just. Uh, you know, I'm not the challenger. You know, I'm not going to jump in and 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 be a stalker or anything. But I am going to use my. Uh, you slide into Dale Junior's Twitter DMs. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to use my connections that I've built over 30 years and see if I can't you know get to him. Yeah. Because the funny thing is, is when he was coming up through late model racing, I probably interviewed him. Mm-hmm. 20, 30 times. There you go. When, you know, Maybe when he's, he when you. he, when he come to a, a South Boston race or when he get, you know, Hickory or, um, you know, big, and cause there's a lot of story. I love to talk to him about it because, you know, people say when he was running late models it, here in the state of Virginia, uh, South Boston, that they didn't think he had much talent, mm-hmm. but, and I'd love to ask him about this because I don't think he got a lot of respect. Yep. Uh, because of his name, everybody wanted to rub on him, give him some bumper, spin him out, whatever, you know. And uh, you know, back then, to be honest with you, I, if I ha- if I had to think about it, I, a lot of people were saying the the best Earnhardt kid out of the kids was Kelly. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Yeah, that's, which was Kelly says that she was the most talented. So, uh, which by the way, she has a new book that came out. Yeah. Um, that is very good, by the way. Uh, but yeah, that's the challenge accepted, but <laughs> yeah. challenge accepted, you know, with his Would family here in Virginia, we can call him Virginian, right? Yeah. What, it's, whether it's, he, it's like Harrison what, once removed. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, uh, Dale might be twice removed, twice removed. Okay. <laughs> or, or more. So, but it's yeah. like six degrees of racing Virginia. Absolutely. But we're going to try <laughs> we're, You know, we're going to try that. We're going to. This, this that's what this show is all about is yeah. promoting short track racing and that's the one thing that dale earnhardt jr loves to do yep absolutely so our social media guru over here does a great job where can they find it at racing virginia on facebook twitter and instagram and now youtube sweet uh, and and soon to come to a podcast format of your choice I, I in researching this, Brandon. By the way, yeah. I don't want to get it too long, but there must be a million. There's at least a hundred. Yeah, 
different places you can go to listen to podcasts. Well, let's get it on a hundred of them. I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. We're gonna get it at least on the the big ones that uh, that most people use: Spotify, Instagram, Google Podcasts, mm-hmm. um, Spreaker, Stitcher. <laughs> There's a bunch of them. Uh, but as uh, as always, we can't thank you enough um, for for Brandon Brown. I'm Dave C. Saying, keep racing, Virginia.